This is Joey from Koyo. You're listening to Riches on Not Just a Face. Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to Not Just a Phase, and thank you so much for listening. Today, we are beyond honored to talk with a band that legitimately rocked the emo world. I can't put into words exactly how much I love this band, so I'm just going to try to chill. <laughs> emo is definitely back. Emotional hardcore to be exact. Today, we're talking with Joey, who is the vocalist of Long Island's best emo band, Koyo. Their album Drives Out East was just recently released on Triple B Records this year of 2021 on July 6th, and I haven't been the same since. Koyo's got that kind of sound that reminds you uh, like how and why you fell in love with emo in the first place. It's got the perfect blend of emotional hardcore, catchy vocal hooks, occasional screamed vocals, fast heavy palm mute riffs, and it all gets balanced out by some softer melodic arrangements and the classic emo writing style of using tempo and volume dynamics that transition all of this into the perfect blend of the most finest emotional hardcore I've heard in decades. Joey, man, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk with us today. How you doing? Thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate being here, and I appreciate that intro. It's very flattering. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not the best at taking compliments. I, I actually find it very difficult to... Uh, always articulate how much I appreciate someone's compliments. And those were very, very, very nice compliments. So thank you. Just know I genuinely appreciate it a lot. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the intro. I wrote it myself. <laughs> it was excellent. <laughs> before we get into it, uh, I'm always curious, did you check out our show before agreeing to come on or were you just nice enough that you were like, yeah, I'll do it. Yes. I, I checked it. Well, I was down regardless, but I checked it nice. out preemptively. I, every time I do a podcast, I just like to get a feel for, 
literally how how's their voice sound you know like what's right, right. what's the vibe what's the flow of things so you know I, I just did a little quick study up just to get a feel for what I was getting into but the answer is yes regardless I just like doing these things man it's fun <laughs> very cool very cool uh so I always like starting off um you know asking how people got their origin story sort of idea uh can you recall your first introduction to like punk rock or uh, hardcore anything along the um, underground music genres so the timeline might be a little blurry here i feel like i did another podcast where i really like i like preemptively went into it like laying it laying it down like at a canon level like every step of the way but even that might have been wrong so i'm i'm just gonna try and get as close to the origin point as i can if i remember right um i was 12 uh in middle school seventh grade uh 2008 at that point i had only really liked like rock music like classic rock music stuff my parents had exposed me to i just started playing guitar like a year earlier um and i met harold who's the uh, one of the guitar players in koyo um and the two of us um became pretty tight as well as spanos the bass player koyo uh because he was one of my best childhood friends and morazzo as well guitar player koyo also one of our childhood best friends so it's all same link but what I'm getting to with this is we were all really tight, attached at the hip, age 12 from the jump. And Harold was into a lot of uh, alternative stuff via his sister. He had an older sister that kind of put him on to stuff like Taking Back Sunday, The Movie Life, Thursday, things of that sort. Um, so I would go to Harold's house and basically he would just show me music that his sister had essentially shown him. Um, so that was probably my, my early exposure. It was a total mixed bag of stuff. It'd be the aforementioned, you know, favorites like Taking Back Sunday to, you know, more at the time metal Corey stuff that was like popping off. Like Chiodo's an example was so big at the time, stuff like that. And this predates me actually getting into hardcore, but I find it kind of funny and ironic because th these bands are so extreme in the space. Um, like this age is kind of funny, but my first literal exposure to hardcore music of any kind was uh uh on myspace irate um everybody gets hurt and i saw like a death before dishonor music video i think it was for breakthrough at all like i saw those three things before i actually nice. liked hardcore like i had a friend um, like a childhood friend whose older sister dated a hardcore dude like put like irate and everybody gets hurt as is like myspace songs so my friend made those songs his songs and i remember sitting at harold's house like listening to these songs thinking they were like crazy but i didn't get it i had no idea what i was listening to i didn't know it was hardcore i was just like this 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 irate stuff sounds fucking nuts man like vendetta crazy like you know it was just like insane at age 12 but i i wouldn't like get into hardcore until a little later until i was like almost 16 years old i just knew those things because i was exposed via the internet you know <laughs> but that's, that's basically the origin <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that i was gonna ask as a joke because you're only like you said you're 25 right a couple of years yes. younger than me so I, I pretty gonna, much just turned 25 i was gonna ask like you remember myspace yeah <laughs> I, I was like i was the absolute like last one out i made my myspace profile in 2008 <laughs> so i also i made my my uh my facebook in 2009 and i remember facebook basically overshadowing myspace pretty quickly 
Yeah. And like everyone Sometimes. from school was just on Facebook. So MySpace died pretty quickly, but I just barely got in there. Do you remember your last profile song? I don't, to be honest. I wish I did. I wish I remembered. <laughs> I, I can say this. It, nine out of 10 chance. It was like a local band from my high school because in addition to uh, obviously having like weird, uh, I, I, I guess like unknowing exposure to hardcore, Part of what provoked that was there's just always like there was a big hardcore scene out of my high school. Um, a lot of people who went to my high school loved hardcore. It's like it was a big town for it. And for that reason, there were a lot of like local hardcore bands and local like hardcore like adjacent bands, like had friends in hardcore bands and stuff that I would see play like benefit concerts and shit, like literally at the high school or the middle school. And I would think their music was sick, but I didn't know it was hardcore. I was just like, oh, this, this like punk rock band or all band is sick you know so that that's what a lot of my myspace profile was was like reposting all these <laughs> old bands from my high school that's dope it's sick uh what would you guys say what would you consider like the main influences on the sound of uh of koyo um so so at the forefront is is definitely like kind of a lot of the aforementioned stuff like like your your uh late 90s early 2000s like you could say, like, I guess in the most literal sense, like, post-hardcore, like, uh, emo stuff. Like, you're Taking Back Sundays, your movie lives, uh, Sound Majority, which is, is just a straight-up hardcore band. But, like, those, those bands that uh, had hardcore personnel or, you know, came out of that scene and ended up making just, you know, more commercialized music, I suppose. Like, those bands are... Uh, those are the ones for us, you know. The movie life's a straight up hardcore band too. People, whether people realize it or not, like they they come directly from that scene. But regardless, uh, th- that's like the big. Those are like the baseline influences. Like any, there's definitely a lot of smaller stuff that creeps in, especially as we keep developing our sound. But like the mission statement is Sound Majority, Taking Back Sunday, the movie life for sure. It's a great mission statement. <laughs> uh, so congrats on the uh, triple B hookup, man. That. Uh... That label's got such an unreal roster of insane bands. Uh, you know, another flawless band added to the roster there. So that's a shout out to Sam. Now, how did that, uh, how did that Triple B connection happen for you guys? Um, so my friend, uh, my friend John Scanlon, he books like pretty much all the shows on Long Island. Uh, he's someone I've been friends with for, for quite a few years now. Um, he put us on Sam's radar at some point during quarantine. Um, I think it was right around the time we started writing Drives Out East, so like a little over a year ago. Um, and I don't know how long he had or hadn't listened to the band prior, but essentially Scanlon was just like, yo, it's my friend's band from Long Island. They're dope. Check them out. See if you like it. He did. He got into the band and just, you know, in the most straightforward and easy ways, just reached out via text and was like, hey, man, like, I love the band. Would love to do a record. And, uh, here we are. I, we, we were down as hell and it worked out. You know, it worked out great actually, but was psyched to be a part of triple B man. I mean, like the label's incredible. Like Sam's just always down. It's like, it's like so easy to work with. He's just about the band and like genuinely cares. Like it's so sick. He's the man. That's awesome. If, uh, if you had to pick, <laughs> could you pick a favorite triple B band? Ooh, I know it's a big roster. Mm, that is tricky. Because there are definitely, like, so many Triple B releases that, like, came out, like, in a more, like, formative time for me. 
like hardcore wise that I thought were sick. Um, in recent years, if I can't, it's hard to pick one, but obviously, like in recent years, uh, a Long Island band called Somerset Thrower uh, put out their LP on Triple B, and I love that record. Uh, I believe it's Paint My Memory, like that album's amazing. They're definitely like one of my favorite bands from Long Island currently, so that's up there. Um, Mind Force, that's like undeniable Triple B shit. Um, Love and while Love I'm at Mind it, Force. real time, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm literally <laughs> yeah. I'm on my computer. I'm just yeah. gonna look real quick. Just take a quick walk, walk down memory lane. Let's just let's see what else we got on deck. Because there's en- there's it's endless good so bands, good. man. Yeah. Like Fuming Mouth, that's like my friend Mark plays in that band. The band's incredible. Division of Minds, dope. Dead Heat's dope. Like there's, I literally look at like the immediate current roster life's question those are close friends never any game band sick like restraining order band sick like there are so many current bands on there that are like jaw-droppingly good but there are definitely like i i, I wish i i like looked preemptively because i'm so bad with things on the spot but like there's definitely <laughs> like there's definitely like discography like legacy level stuff that came out on that label like more when i was a teenager that like at the time i know i was so psyched on I'm yeah. just like forgetting off the top of my head, but the label's sick. Yeah, that's that's the general idea. Yeah, <laughs> Rude Awakening seven inch. That was that was one I loved when I was a teenager. Uh, Foundation never stops raining seven inch. That was another big one for me. Like a lot of uh, a, a lot of like really dope stuff. A lot of stuff that like was huge for me in my like formative hardcore years. So not on my uh, list of questions, but I'm just curious, what's in the cup there? Protein shake or <laughs> um, just just some black Keurig iced coffee? I didn't have a chance <laughs> to go to uh, go to my favorite coffee shop today. I, I got up a little later than I originally intended, um, so I, I just slammed a a giant giant cup of like huge ice cubes and poured some hot coffee in it. It's kind of gross, but it, it's getting me by. Just get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just doing doing enough, you know. It's it's yeah. doing what's necessary. <laughs> yeah, I got my coffee delivered to me today too. I was lazy. Mm-hmm. No, that's the way to be. That's the way to be. As long as you get it in, you know. Yeah. So uh, on your guys' Spotify profile, you got a playlist called "Our Other Bands." So I, I yes. looked into that. Right, we got Typecast, Hangman, Reign of Salvation, Adrenaline, Soul Provider. Now, are all five of these bands still active? And do you guys do anything besides write and play music? Because it seems like a very busy group of musicians. So, so yeah, all, all those bands in varying capacities are still active. I mean, active is kind of a, a, a loaded proposition just coming off the pandemic because, like, well, I mean, obviously we're still in the midst of the pandemic, but shows are coming back, rather. Um, and some of those bands I don't think have played yet. Like, I don't think Adrenaline's played yet. Um, but Typecast recently played for the first time. Hangman's played a couple of times since uh, since shows have been back. Ray Salvation's played once. Um, and yeah, all, all these bands are active in varying forms. I mean, they are just our hardcore bands and they're not, they're not touring efforts at this point. I, I think like Typecast and Hangman were prior to Koyo and prior to the, the shutdown, like Typecast did like, which is me and Marazzo's other band. We did like three full U.S. tours in like two years on top of a bunch of other touring too, like two weeks here, two weeks there. Like we were, we were running the gauntlet. We were going Jeez. crazy. Busy dudes. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we like full sent it for a while. Um, and now Koyo is the touring effort um, going forward. Um, but we do still want to play shows with all those bands, write music with all those bands. We care about all those bands. 
And, and honestly, I made that playlist just because I am aware that even already, despite being like a new band, I'm aware that we have some like people who listen to us who like don't necessarily come from a hardcore background. Like there's people that just found us via the internet, this or that, that like, you know, probably like pop punk or just emo or just come from a different place. So it's like, you know, in my mind, if, if it's like a young kid who's like into pop punk, maybe it'd be cool to expose them and be like, oh, all these people play in these other bands and like they come from this, like, you know, just present something new or different to them, you know, because all our other bands sound staggeringly different from Koyo, like oh, heavier, yeah, harder, you know, it, it's definitely <laughs> like a totally different, different ball game, you know. You, you're saying you guys were doing that uh, U.S. tour. You guys, uh, I mean, Christ, you're busy as hell. You guys just dropped uh, Drives Out East and <laughs> just did the record release over the weekend, eh? Yes. How was that to be back on stage? Yo, unbelievable. Like, it looked bo- it, yeah. both shows sold out. Um, I believe with walk-ups, AMH did like 240 and tickets sold. And then Shakers did like 190-something. And, and Shakers Pub like sells out, like I think at like 150. We always sell more than that, but like, Formally speaking, it's like a pretty small place. Um, 
So like there, there were a ton of people there and it, it really blew my mind because I, I, it was our record release weekend. I expected friends to come out and support and literally just be there. But the amount of people singing along, diving, like making it special, that's what blew my mind. Like there, there, were, there were times where I just put the mic at like my, my side and I heard the entire room singing along. It was like crazy. Not something I've ever experienced in my life prior to this weekend. So, so insanely cool. Very, very, very grateful for that experience. It, it was like the highest of highs. It was so cool. Yeah, it looked wild. Everyone's singing along, jumping all over each other. And uh, the streamers, was that planned by like putting friends in the crowd or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that looked that, so fun. I, I forget whose idea it was initially, but that was like, that was like part of the conversation like months ago with the record release. We're like, yo, like we got to make this like cool. We got to make this pop in. We're certainly not the first nor the last band to do it, but like the way Marich's kicks in, like that snare hit, that's like that is the perfect cue for like let's pop some some, you know, confetti yeah. off. So it looked epic. It looked yeah, epic. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Actually, fun fact, AMH um has a strict no confetti policy, which we didn't know. Do we had <laughs> we had no idea they are not down with that. How does how does that policy come into effect? Who uh, got hurt by confetti? <laughs> yeah, probably just years of frustration of cleaning it up. Like, true, like it's true. it's messy. It's yeah. messy. But our our friend who manages it, um, she or she manages AMH rather, uh, Jules. She she told us. Well, we told her that we were going to do it, and she said nothing about it. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then we find out one of the owners of AMH was like furious about it after the fact because it's like we have a strict no confetti policy and we were like jules like we wouldn't have done it if we knew that and she was like i wanted you guys to have fun it was your weekend like i'm not gonna stop you i was like sick so so we're probably the only band that will have confetti at amh in the foreseeable future um and then for shakers pub we just had to clean it up ourselves which really was uh particularly my friend mark cleaning it up so thank you mark i appreciate it shout out to mark sounds like a good yeah. dude yeah, he's, he's a good friend he's, he's dope imagine you get in trouble fucking shit up with confetti mm-hmm. of all things of all things of all the things that can go wrong in a show like yeah. you know fights destruction of property this this and that like confetti is, is the number one in this case which yeah. if that's the worst of it like what a blessing you know like i feel like i've seen a lot worse things happen but yeah, yeah. All right. 100 100 if that was our biggest problem for the weekend no complaints so uh, you guys got shows lined up for the future? Any that you can speak on? Yeah, yeah. So we're doing uh, an East Coast run with our, our friends in the band Soulblind, um, who actually just dropped a new song today. It's dope as hell. Um, we're, we're just doing like a run down to uh, Florida and back. Uh, it's like two weeks, um, some Northeast stuff to start it. And that is a little less than a month away. It's like September 17th to 30th. Um, and then we have a, I, I don't want to, you know, say anything I can't say, but we have a full U.S. of some kind that is almost done being booked for November, I believe. Um, and that should be our first time out to California. Um, obviously, various factors could prevent it from happening. I, I don't want to announce anything preemptively, but a lot of people have been hitting us up being like, yo, we got to get caught in California. I get caught in California, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all those messages and my response is always just, we're working on it because literally we are, it's in the process of being booked, just, uh, waiting for some final confirmations and stuff. Um, 
But beyond that, we're actually, we have tours and stuff lined up well into next year, like as far out as like September of 2022. So we're, we're, we're trying to get going, you know, I mean, obviously it's still a tricky world state with touring and COVID and all that. But like, if, if the means are there, we're, we're trying to get on the road and, and, you know, have plans, which is sick. So a little bit of a two-part question there. Um, are you booking these shows and when does Koyo drive out to Canada? <laughs> um, so, so I am not booking these shows, although I have a, a long tenure between me and my buddy, James, who actually, uh, uh, helps manage Koyo. Uh, he, he's a, a lifelong friend of mine, um, a childhood friend, and he also helped book typecast tours, but between typecast, uh, my own efforts and, uh, and James, we have a pretty long tenure of like booking things. DIY for uh, our bands and my bands and stuff, but Coyle actually uh, has an agent now. We we signed on with uh, this guy Brad Wiseman. He books uh, Story So Far, State Champs, Rotting Out, um, Lagwagon, a, bu- a bunch of dope bands, and uh, he, names. he nice. he had a hand in booking the tour. I believe it was co-booked between him and this other agent that works for the other band that I can't mention that's doing the tour, but. Uh, I did not book it myself, although I have, I have definitely put in my time sending endless emails booking full U.S. tours. I, I, I'm no stranger to it, which is also why I'm thankful that I, I can just be hands-off on this one because it's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> it's hard headaches, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard work. As far as Canada, as soon yeah. as we can safely, comfortably, legally, etc., get right. over there ASAP, 100% part of the plan. want to play Canada so bad. Every, I played toronto i think four times to typecast montreal three times ottawa twice like i did a full b market canada tour with vane and sanction like i love shows in canada like i I would love to be up there again you know well we'd love to see you obviously yeah fingers (laughs) crossed hopefully hopefully sooner than later um because obviously covid (laughs) makes things a little dicey but as as soon as we can do it safely and confidently that the answer is yes we'll be there in a heartbeat cool Uh, actually i can say again this is preemptive uh assumption but on a tour that we have booked for next year like well into next year like april may i believe on the tentative routing it said toronto so we'll see we'll see to be determined let's hope hope. yeah it's ways away but you know it's 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 in the planning i believe okay that's good that's good news so i want to get back to drives out east which Mm -hmm. just dropped uh, and just got the record release. I love the album artwork, uh, the the homage to the explicit content sticker. <laughs> that got me. Thank you, up. thank you. I'm I'm glad you liked that. I, I know. Um, funny enough, that that was a divisive idea amongst our camp. Some people liked it. Uh, some people didn't. Um, just so I, I guess the it, it was more of like a is this a force type thing. Um, but I was pro for it. Harold who did all of our artwork and does all of our artwork and does all of our merch uh our guitar player he was all about it so we we full sent it regardless of what anyone else thought and the byproduct has been good a lot of people expressed how psyched they were or how happy like seeing that made them feel on the record because it was nostalgic to them so you know i i'm i'm glad we did it It's, it's a nice little nice little touch on the finishing artwork you know even if it's not legitimate. 
Yeah, I, was, I, I thought it was funny too. I'm like, where is this explicit content? Did you even cuss on the album? <laughs> there, 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 were, there, were some, uh, there were some fuck towards the end, a, a little bit of that. <laughs> Worthy of the sticker though? I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was more just a general forewarning. Yeah, no, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> it, and, it, it, uh, it was sick. The overly dramatic album art too. Uh, I love that. Like if I didn't know what you guys sounded like, I could take a look at that and be like, oh, that might be an emo band. Like look at the the artwork the aesthetic of the artwork itself you know sick i'm I'm glad that translated because that's what we were going for we we went through so many rounds of like revisions on art like i think the album had like five different covers by the time we got to that last one that ended up being the final art like five totally different visions um and i think almost all of them kind of tapped into that like that dramatic kind of dark uh aesthetic um that we were going for like I, i i mean this whole record is like way more pissed off and angry and comes from a way more uh, frustrated place than the first EP does. The first EP is more about coming of age experiences where this record is just tapped into more current frustrated feelings. So we, we wanted album art that reflects that. We, we wanted it to be something that could potentially be a little provocative. And although I don't think the album art is literally provocative. Like, I don't think there's anything fucked up about it in the most, you know, face value sense. It, it, if you sit there and stare at it, it's like, you know, it's, it, it has like kind of a dark tone to it, you know? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, and I, I like that you mentioned dark tones. Like, I like that you guys aren't taking yourselves too seriously. Like, uh, I want to talk about the emo's back banners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, can you make those a wall flag? <laughs> so, I would, so I'd love to have one. As, as if the interest is there, that, that's, that's a, a bridge I'd be willing to cross when we get there. You know, if, if there was a vocal interest in it, then yeah, that'd be cool. Um, 
so so the emos back thing um that that i i believe that was my idea harold did the actual art for those posters and the banner but that that in itself uh kind of comes from like a place of satire despite it literally working and being something that like people rally behind which which is cool <laughs> yeah. like people being attached to it it's sick and and like i never want to rain on anyone's parade like if if a kid saw that and like and felt that at their core they're like oh hell yeah emo's back that's dope that's cool <laughs> respect but for us this this was more of like a yo like the, in hardcore historically the sentiment of old school returning this yeah. band's back this sounds back it, it's an age-old sentiment so we were like well, what it, it more or less is a spoof of that sentiment being like, yo, emo's back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, 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 it worked. I mean, people, there are funny people that are attached to it. There are funny people who saw it and were like, fuck that. Um, <laughs> but people were talking about it regardless. So, you know, I mean, that's, end of the day, like up, right? we, we, we certainly categorize our band as, as like a, a emo band in addition to a hardcore band, because it's a, it's a, it's a point of influence for one thing. And also it's just a, a broad genre to attach ourselves to, to give people a general idea of what we sound like. But, right. but the emo is so many things to so many people. And, you know, at the end of the day, like our background is still in large hardcore, which has adjacency and affiliation with emo and the scene that burst out of that. It's like a byproduct of hardcore, but like, you know, you ask me on any given day, it's like, what is Koya? It's like, my answer is a hardcore band. That's like the first thing I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. And then probably go, oh, well, play like an emo band too, you know? But, uh, but the idea was we put this out there, like we're going to catch people who don't give a fuck about hardcore and, or some people that probably hate hardcore, you know, it's like, but they see a giant banner that says emos back in red with a freaking a razor blade on <laughs> razor it. Like got me. They, they probably think we sound like my chemical romance or something. It's like, it's oh. like, it, it, it's like the ultimate trap card, man. It like, it, it worked. Um, when I saw it come down, I was like, emos back. I'm all fired. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I see the dude. razor blade and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Yep. We, we, now we I like, get it. All right. We, guys, we, all right. we full sent it. We full yeah. sent it. <laughs> yeah, that, but, that cracked me up. But dude, like I said, like people, people being like attached to that and like rallying behind that, that is cool to me. That is a hundred percent cool to me. And like, if that sentiment means something to someone, hell yeah. Because uh, regardless of background or categorization or interest, like genre tropes and like genre attachment, that's all interpersonal. It doesn't matter. Like it's all broad strokes in the end, like music, music. If you think it's dope, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what you think it is or isn't, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I completely agree. So, uh, <laughs> way off topic before we get back to talking uh, a little bit. Little, I'll edit that. No, no, run it. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit off topic here, but uh, you guys are the most expensive band to purchase on Bandcamp, I believe. Is Guinness Book of World Records still a thing? Is that what you guys are going for? Or? Um, so, if so, I, I sure hope we'd make it in. But um, so, so the, the only reason for that price point. So, so we charge $1,000 for drives out East on our personal band camp. And the only reason for that American. is yeah, a thousand American. The, the, the only reason for that is just because we don't actually want anyone to spend a thousand dollars on it. I just couldn't find a, a feature on Bandcamp to just make it so no one could download the music or buy the music. Like I'm not even sure that's an option on Bandcamp. 
and we want people to buy it on Triple B's Bandcamp. That's all. For like for royalty and like licensing reasons, like in theory, like we're not supposed to just be selling it outright ourselves. Like Triple B is supposed to get it, and then it goes towards the recoup, and then it goes towards the royalty split for the album. So my position was I'm just gonna make this a thousand dollars. And if someone for some reason spent that money on the digital download for the record, well, Sam, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep that thousand dollars because that's, that's pretty cool. Um, respect to that person would be willing to spend that money. <laughs> but you know, in, in general, it's, it's more of a deterrent than a, a request. <laughs> I, I hope nobody ever does. That's a little bit yeah, much. I, I hope so too. But if they do, you know, that's, that's their prerogative, man. They, you know, live your life. <laughs> By all means, your you're not going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not sending any refunds, <laughs> but, but I, I actually recently, uh, put the direct triple B link in like the description. That literally says like, buy this for $4 at triple B records.bandcamp.com slash tribes out east. You know, like that, that's, that's the goal. It's like, it's good. You got people. a redirect link. Yeah. yeah. When I saw that, I was like, okay guys. All right. All right. I'm bold. It'd be bold. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be. So with shows coming back, who are you guys stoked to be playing with again? So we're, we have a, a weekend of shows with no pressure, which is really exciting um that's like in october i love that band um they're they're cool as hell um we're playing a show with crime and stereo which is sick they're playing trouble stateside in full nice and stateside in full yeah man can you say when and where this is at yeah yeah that's uh states isn't it that yeah that's in that's in the city that's in new york city uh at i believe it's at elsewhere um but that's badass show's gonna be awesome i can't wait to see them um, oh, I love, love that band, stereo. obviously. They're yeah. so good. Um, but seeing them play that record, too, in full, like, that's that's just, like, so hype. Oh, that's wild. Um, so that, that'll be dope. Um, we ha- This weekend, we're playing again. We got announced last minute for a Amityville Music Hall benefit show, which is where we did the first night of our record release show. It is Jukai, um, Hangman, us, this band Jab, and this band Crucify Me, it's their first show. And it's basically just a full benefit to AMH, which, you know, has a lot of debt via the pandemic. Um, despite, being, despite being booked out, there's literally something happening there every single night right now, um, like show-related or otherwise. Um, you know, they still have a lot of debt. They have a lot of, a lot of need for, for money to recoup here. So we're playing that in an effort to, uh, to help them out, as, you know, because they've, pretty much helped Long Island of every scene and every respect out endlessly and infinitely. AMH is like the staple spot. It, it's been a venue for like almost 20 years on Long Island in other forms. You know, it's like the most age old spot we have as funny as it is to say. Um, but I love AMH. That show's going to be awesome. I love Jukai. Um, I love all the bands playing really, but Jukai was like a, uh, you know, granted that they're, they haven't been broken up for too long and they've, and they've played already played once off their, break up in the last three years but you know that that's that's a band of friends and people i really like and music i really like so i'm, I'm psyched to be able to play with them because you know pre-pandemic the prospect of koyo and jukai playing together is just not reality but you know now it is it'll be cool um and then obviously we have all those shows with soul wine and stuff it'll be sick i love that band playing with them's dope and one other band of note that comes to mind that we're playing with in the immediate that I could talk about is just our our Long Island counterparts and friends in uh in Standstill. We we have a show together on that Soul Wine tour. They're playing the Sunday date 
at Shaker's Pub, September 19th. And we just shared our record release shows together. They had one of the coolest first shows I've ever seen. Like the band is awesome. The music's just great. And like they're friends and write dope music. So I'm psyched to play with them again. Cool. Yeah. I was, uh, I was hyped on them as well when I got to check them out, seeing yeah. that they were playing with you. Yeah. They're awesome. They're great. The, the, the EP itself is just unreal. That second track id like, dude, that's like one of the best long out songs in like a decade. It's amazing. So you're talking about uh, local venues, local bands. Uh, what's what's some of your favorite local bands from your area? Um, in in recent years, uh, Rule Them All is a big one. I love Rule Them All. Um, a, a lot of them are like big like friends bands and stuff. But like Somerset Thorough, which I previously mentioned, one of my favorites, a band I listen to like endlessly. Um, Jukai, Jukai separated sanction and detriment all had like a little a little time and, and those are truthfully i mean these are all my friends so it's not like i'm breaking anyone's heart saying they're not all necessarily my quote favorite bands but those bands had like a little a little thing going on like 2015 2016 that i was in some way a part of just literally rolling out with all them for their shows out of state like you know connecticut show hudson valley whatever and like uh those bands and those times, you know, getting to roll with them and just see them and just, you know, be a fucking a road dog and a mosher. Like th- those, those are, you know, times and bands that meant a lot to me um, that I love. Um, but in, in recent years, it's rule them all for sure. Stand still for sure. Somerset thrower for sure. Um, and prior to that, because Long Island's kind of having this like melodic wave right now, you know, like everyone came off doing the heavy thing uh, or like the heavy and hard thing. Um, so, so we're kind of in this melodic wave where all the bands that can immediately think of are more akin to not necessarily emo bands, but more a more melodic side of hardcore. Like a band like Separated, an example, sounds nothing like Rule Them All. But the cool thing is on Long Island that these bands can all kind of exist in the same space. Um, there was one more band I was going to say off, off the jump that I've really been fucking with, but I, I lost my train of thought. My ADHD is killing me right now. I forget what it was. <laughs> I'm so but, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's my own fault. But regardless, Long Island just has, has an endless, endless roster of like dope bands and dope shows. Um, oh, and another big one being Pain of Truth. Like they're popping off right now. And that those are, those are friends. And, you know, like in terms of like harder shit and like beat down shit, like it, it's like, the the quintessential band it checks every box you know they're they're awesome basically like more or less anything from long island that is out on days is pretty good lumpy's label it's all pretty generally good stuff and long island also just has like a lot of like affiliated bands and stuff like like vane queensway like uh even bands like like aoa an example like age of apocalypse who did the split with like uh with Pain of Truth. Like I booked their first show on Long Island, like Northeast hardcore and like Northeast music as a overarching thing. It's all kind of like one giant thing. Like that's not to say Long Island isn't separate from all that. Each scene doesn't have its own respective thing going on, but like the Northeast as a whole, Connecticut, Long Island, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and so on and so forth, collectively kind of got like a special thing in the last like half decade, I'd say. All right, cool. So let's uh let's get off the island there for a second. If you guys could play with any band in the world, 
active or inactive, who would it be and why? Um, so at, at a more, uh, I, I wouldn't say this is either realistic or unrealistic, but at, at a, oh, it doesn't small, have to be. Yeah. Yeah. At, at a small scale, um, it's not majority. Like I went to their reunion shows, but I wasn't in a band at that point. Like there was no shot of me playing. I just was a, a participant. Um, I would love to actually get to play with them just for the sake of all the, you know, homage and all the care and all the interests that I have individually and the band has respectively. However, at, at, at a grander scale, like if I'm, if I'm big balling, um, I would love to play with like the Foo Fighters, you know, like <laughs> if, if I, like that band is fucking amazing, man. They're incredible. If I could just, oh, even, even if I was like a, a, in a dot on a festival lineup where I got to see the Foo Fighters, like that'd be fucking dope. I saw that. I saw them at, uh, in 2012 at Bamboozle on the beach and they were like fucking amazing. And then they took a helicopter and went and played SNL. I'm pretty sure. What? Um, star as fuck. Just helicoptered out of there. Yeah, dude, they're, they're so ill. Also totally like a, a peg down in terms of popularity, I suppose. But like, I don't care. My answer still stands like, uh, hum. I would love to play a fucking show with hum. I love that band so much. And it's funny because I was just talking to my friend Lumpy about how like, Everyone reps hum, like everyone like wants to start bands and sound like hum, but like hum is like just objectively good and like you know, everyone's bands that sound like hum like aren't necessarily catchy. They're just trying to be like ambient and you know, it's it's not always like like writing catchy music is priority over writing like artsy music. That was basically the gist of the conversation. But regardless, hum is hum, hum is the you know, originator of their own sound in a lot of ways. Like, I love that band. I've loved that band since I was like 18 years old and I would love to play a show with them. That'd be like the fucking, that's like a dream scenario as well. That's another one on the list for sure. <laughs> so since we're talking uh, dream scenarios, if you could do a, a guest vocal feature for any band, who would it be? Ooh, would it be question. the Fighters? <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, probably not. I, I think that I, would work or what? No, nah, I, I would want like definitive like anonymity with that. I would just want to like play the show and like, you know, maybe like dap up Dave Grohl and just be like, yo, you're sick, man. Like that, that's, that's like that, as far as I'd want that to go. I, I'd be like breaking the simulation with that. Um, but if I had to pick any one band, it's hard because like all, all like my favorite like older bands, it's like, with no, not that I think they'd give a fuck what I say in the first place, but it's <laughs> like, it, it, like with no offense to Ticking Back Sunday, an example, I'm not particularly too ecstatic about the the more recent Ticking Back Sunday releases. They don't, they don't stir agree. anything in me, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if I was like, oh, I'd love to be on a Ticking Back Sunday song, it's like, would I? Because the Ticking Back Sunday material that I would want to sing on, sound-wise, is not the stuff they're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so, so that that kind of uh that makes it difficult and, and so if, if i had to pick one current band or this is this is hardly current but you know this is just a safe bet because they're a band i like whose catalog is not uh whose catalog is consistent and strong i would love to sing on a story so far song not that that's even remotely even like hear possible at all um that that is not reality in any way <laughs> But, like, the band's dope. I've liked them for a long time. They're cool as fuck, and they've never put out a bad record. They, like, have consistently put out dope shit. 
it's like that's a band where it's like your current catalog is still dope i would feel good about singing on this i it's not shot it's still fresh it's still like strong songwriting and like inspiring shit like that band's dope as hell that's a band i do it for for sure like in terms of like you're, you're saying it's like quote pipe dream you know like like what's yeah. like what's out of reach like that's out of reach man like that's that band's huge. you never fucking know dope. you never know but that's that's like and, and you know it's just like one of those things like why would i sing on a story so far so you know it's like it would make no sense but why wouldn't you is the question <laughs> i mean i i would do it in a heartbeat you know <laughs> yeah. but it's like that 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 band is insanely dope that's that's my answer they have they have they have a more or less like like rock solid discography there's there's no no clunkers nothing nothing aging poorly there it's all pretty strong stuff so respect to them so uh, i want to talk about uh the um the short beach sessions there yeah run it so like you guys did acoustic and vocal only covers of songs that you originally wrote as a full band it's a classic emo staple i absolutely love uh definitely a sucker for anything acoustic are you guys planning to do more short beach style sessions or like releases like that in the future or is that a one-off or we we definitely will we're we're definitely gonna do more stuff like that just because we know we can and we're we know we're we're decent at it so so short piece session check two boxes where it's like yo we're doing like an acoustic thing but we're also doing a live thing in a time where there's no live music um those sessions are are very lightly edited virtually no editing i like we're talking like an eq on the master track type editing it's nothing um so those are live tracks filmed in a couple of takes type thing um which at the time there's there's literally nothing there's no shows there's no anything going on so that satisfied that need to play in some capacity but also there was the interest in stripping down our songs and exploring new avenues for our sound and 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 uh all those songs made sense acoustically or or as acoustic songs rather um so we're, we'll definitely do more stuff like that in the future as we as we continue writing and uh, write an eventual lp um, I think there will be more songs like that. And even tracks like The World We Claim on the new record using acoustic guitar and cello and violin. Like, I, I think there's always an interest for our band going forward in exploring where we can and and doing things that create contrast from our more intense and, like, straightforward material. So definitely, like, I I, I would love to do more acoustic stuff and more stripped down stuff. Like, I love that shit, man. That's I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> if you had to, if you could, do you have like a favorite uh, acoustic emo song? Um, I don't have a particular favorite off the top of my head, but I I would say that all the uh all all the Dallas Green stuff, like City and Color stuff, like that's like that was like bread and butter, like acoustic emo shit to me. Like when I was like a teenager, I, that that was like some, some stuff that like really like rocked me at the yeah. time i was like this is amazing because i loved alexis on fire as a teenager and then like hearing him like do like the stripped down stuff um that is that project like that was like that was like that was in my head that was like the bar of like that's like the god tier effort oh that. completely agree that's like the best it can possibly be like yeah. all of it so I, I would have to say that at an overarching scale that's like that's everything right there yeah, that first release when he just went solo, that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, it it it, it was like staggering, you know, like when you, <laughs> like that project in itself is still so popular on its own, like as like a, a 
standalone thing in addition to Alexis on Fire being back and being an uh, in, in age-old popular band. That's another one. Going back to that question about guest pods, man, like, if I can sing on an Alexis on Fire song, <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. That, that, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy, crazy, crazy. That's like, that's like you know, 13-year-old me watching watching Degrassi on TV and hearing to a friend come on. Like, I'd fucking... <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd teleport back in time. That's the coolest thing ever. That's, that's like, that's gold stuff. In love intrudes Is now what I conclude It's funny how it takes and shakes From your appointed hands But when it's all you see With retrospect, we face the end. Rainy all comes crashing, bothering around my hands. In the end, I didn't get to watch you change. Oh, oh. 
So I got a couple of questions that are uh, just a couple left here. Yeah, Equally right. as uh, imaginative and silly. But uh, this one's actually just a real question. What's up with that soap collab? Like the, the vegan urban cabin soap? Does that no. like, does it smell like Koyo? It, and, it, and <laughs> it smells dope. It smells like pineapple and like coconut and shit. It's like really, it, it's actually very nice just as a like scent. So, so that is like, I wish I had some like, uh, you know, like story tagged along with this, but literally they just sent us a Twitter DM. We're like, yo, you want to do a soap collab? And we were kind of like, sure. This is like kind of sick. Like it, it, it's like mad, it, like literally like as random as it sounds, like we didn't do anything that implies like this would make sense. And it makes sense that Koya was doing <laughs> the soap. In fact, Not it makes all. no sense, you know? Yeah. But like for that reason, we thought it was cool. Like we knew it would piss some people off. We knew it subverts expectations. It's awesome. Like, it's like, why is this fucking band have soap? Who the fuck do they think they are? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I assumed it was like a friend's company, and you were no, like, we're we, sure we'll no do that. No connection to help at out. all. They literally just DM'd us and said, Do you want to do this? And we're like, Yo, that's so nice and cool that you're like interested like that. Of course, let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's make so, soap, man. Yeah. yeah, let's make fucking soap. And it's sick. It smells awesome. Uh, my mom bought a bar because she's like just down and supportive and like, thought it was cool as hell you know it's like man, it's sick we, we sold some we sold some of the record release shows there were some people that, that walked away with koyo soap so <laughs> yeah. pretty awesome again like no connection to us interpersonally just a a down anonymous individual from the internet who was nice enough and cared enough to want to collab so hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gotta so my personal favorite question i ask pretty much every guest i have on here what music is it that you listen to that some would consider cringy, embarrassing, or shameful. Not that necessarily you consider it to be, but what could be viewed as... Uh, hmm. I mean, we obviously listen to emo, so let's like... Yeah, so, <laughs> so like that, that in itself would probably, right. presumably, be the answer, right? Um, so, so this, to a person involved in alternative music... And even just at a pop culture level, I guess it's the same because this is obviously a massive artist, like a, a like one of the biggest artists in the world. But Drake, I love Drake. I've been listening to Drake since I was like a teen, like a teenager. Drake. I love Drake. I'm like a Drake <laughs> super fan. Me Seriously? And I love, 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 love. And love this is Drake. why I ask. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Drake, Party Next Door, um, <laughs> like, like stuff like that. Like I love that shit. And like it, it I, I'm – I, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Like I, I can't relate to any of it. Like I like literally like virtually none of the subject matter in the music uh, applies to my life in just about any way. But like the bars are dope. The hooks are great. It's catchy as hell. Like I, I, I love Drake. Actually at our record release shows, we only played Drake in between bands. We, we made a giant playlist of just Drake. And That's a fun Drake. fact. I didn't and like, know that. A lot of people hate on Drake. A lot of people don't fuck with Drake. A lot of people think Drake <laughs> is cringe. And admittedly, Drake is a little cringe as a, <laughs> as a public figure. Um, but I love yeah. Drake, man. I'm crazy about him. I, I like a, a, every record. I literally like them all. <laughs> they're, they're, they're great. I love that this new microphone has a mute on it so I can just cut myself off. <laughs> just lose I don't want to feel like I'm bullying anybody, but no, yeah, that's dude, great. Believe me, no, no offense to be taken. Also, right. also I, the, this is not entirely the same, but I definitely have a problem. It's known amongst pretty much all my friends that like, I will, um, I will get into something ironically 
like and this isn't like a cool thing like, I, I don't want to glorify this because it's really not the way anyone should be consuming music but like i'll think something is shot and hilarious and i'll get into it and start listening to it a lot and eventually i start to like it like there there's this this famed I don't, oh, i'm not no. gonna go too deep into it because oh, it's like no. a whole rabbit's hole but there's this famed long island artist who used to go by the name of etienne sin and more recent years goes by the name of young Rockstar. And I know every lyric, every hook, every nuance to every song that he's maybe ever put out at this point. I have studied the shit out of Young Rockstar and A.T. and Sin. It is terrible. It is shot. It is cringe. It is atrocious. It is offensive. It is, it is terrible. And you I love it. it. That, like, you know, <laughs> do, you know, do you know that page, Catatonic Youths? Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. yeah I love he's that he's page. been all over that page. All, all over that page. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like over the years, like a, a reoccurring post on that page he's a man of deep deep long island lore and legend like everyone knows him out here he's like kind of like you know not that i ever think he listens to this and no offense man you're kind of a joke but you know he's like he's like a viral sensation man he he had a song where he's like like saying the n-word and stuff and everyone's like you probably can't say that it's like Is is he a white dude I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, I, <laughs> I thought you were his boy. I mean, you love this guy. I thought that, you knew. Well, he, he, he is a, uh, a, a ambiguous fellow. Like, I, I don't know what he can or can't say. I'll say that much. Um, oh, but no. he, he, he's just a character, man. And, and, and uh, a character of Long Island lore. Okay, I'll have to look Viral sensation up. at certain points. I, I know him very well. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's like I get too lost in the bit. I listen to it because it makes me laugh because it's so shot <laughs> and so terrible. I'll throw it on in the car just to torture my friends. And I'll sit there just going through all my favorite tracks. And like, you know, it, it got too real. Now I just low key sort of like it, even though it's like, <laughs> it's, it's trash. <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm sorry this happens to you. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's one of my worst traits as a human. I, I just, I get too lost in the bit. When I think something's funny, I just start to like it too much. <laughs> it was this, pretty funny. Like that, this this is not at all the same because I think they're legitimately amazing. But like another thing, I can't relate to at all. The 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 Belgian slash German beatdown band Nasty. I love Nasty. Aggression, like one of the like that LP is fucking psychotic. Some of the most insane breakdowns. Like I love that record. It is so fucking good. But to some, probably cringe because it's beatdown and it's Euro beatdown. In fact, uh, and, and additionally, like it's like stuff that doesn't pertain to my life at all like I, I can't relate to nasty in just about any respect but dude they write fucking crazy ass music it's dope as hell i fucking love nasty they're sick i'll, I'll have to check them out they're, they're 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 like rock stars in europe it's it's like kind of insane if i if koyo could ever play with nasty i'd do it in a heartbeat they're fucking sick they go crazy all right so i didn't put this on the questions list but i can't just pass by this without mention i'm just curious what it's like holding the title belt for being the most swole vocalist in the emo game. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate that. So, so all credits to my, uh, my muscular glow up uh, to our bass player, Spanos, during peak quarantine. Uh, he had a garage gym because we weren't going to a gym locally. Um, and like that, this is like fall time. So like there's still no vaccines. Um, COVID is getting worse. Uh, again, you know, like had the original pop. Summer, it kind of chilled out. Mathematically, things were actually pretty safe in New York over last summer, like less cases than there are right now. Um, 
And then the fall, things popped off again. Fall and winter, like holiday season, shit got fucked up. So I didn't see anybody. I wasn't hanging out. The only person I saw was was Spanos, or I would see Koyo at practice, and we'd literally practice like completely masked up, like 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 from a distance. Like we were like paranoid as fuck about it. So Spanos is the only person I'm seeing consistently. We're working out every day, and from October to like March. He basically just puts me through his regimen because he's pretty ripped himself. He's just a little more cut than me and like weighs less than me. But I, I went from being like 215 to 220 pounds of like more fat than I was muscle. And now I'm like 240 and changing. It fluctuates. So I'm around 240 pounds, more muscle than fat, but still a little bit of fat. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, it's more funny than anything. It's like dope. And, like, I feel good about it. I like being strong. But, like, it's, like, hilarious singing for a band, like, hours and being strong. It, when <laughs> I like, caught the music video of uh, Marich's there, I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> I didn't expect that from a fucking vocalist. Dude, to, turn back to the clock a year ago. It was not like that. It was literally just five days a week, three hours a day going crazy in Spanos' garage. So it, you know a lot of people in the hardcore game. I got this idea, right? You know, you can take it or leave it. No, no, run it. I'm, I'm saying like a gym core calendar, right? So, <laughs> so, so fitness, every, every strong person. A in, fitness in, magazine, yeah. For everybody in the scene, in the, in the punk game, whatever, right? So I imagine it would sell pretty well, you know, like it definitely have wild would. headlines too, you know, like you're getting yoked without the eggs. Vegan tough guy, oh John Joseph, God, reveals man. his workout routine. <laughs> Dude, that, the, the, the unfortunate reality is that would go great. Like, it, would, it would sell, right? Everyone wants to sit back and probably be like, fuck that. But, like, the reality is, like, it would probably do really well. Like, that, like it, would, it would probably sell, like, an offensive amount of, like, copies. Like, from just, like, assorted, probably, like, candid pictures of, like, people in hardcore working out that are just fucking jacked out of their mind, yoked up. Like, dude, it would do great. It would probably do great. Hey, if anyone does this, I just want free copies. That's all I yeah, want. <laughs> straight up. Hey, that, that's a small request. If anyone does this, just being a bystander for the proposition of the idea, I, I want a taste, man. Give me 2% or to 5%. <laughs> you want a I'm, taste? I'm, I'm, I want free I'm, magazines. Yeah, you want yeah. a cut. <laughs> I want a cut, man. I'm, I'm calling a lawyer. I was here for this. <laughs> yeah, Joey's got to be the cover for the first magazine, yeah, too. No you, questions. You, you want to use my image? Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, it's too good. <laughs> so I only got two last questions. Uh, they're Word. far far less silly. But right. um, one band, if you could see one band do a reunion show, who would it be and why? Um, good question. I would, off the top of my head, say probably Inside from Long Island. Um, they were They did do a reunion at some point, but it is not not uh I, I mean i wasn't around for it that'd be that'd be definitely a really good one. Oh, hedge vs breakers too that's another long island band i really like that i'd love to see i mean i guess it's all i, I mean to anyone from long island these are just like oh he's just saying all the melodic bands from long island that don't play anymore like I, i'm not trying to be like that but genuinely like almost every band i like has like reunited at this point you know um uh, I, I mean like this is like literally i i have friends who might possibly listen to this and like this will just be a fucking a fucking joke in a group chat and i know it but it's like i i, I never saw terror av man like they were gonna reunite i want to see terror av it's like everyone likes to jock that shit like it's like the illest stuff ever 
And like, it is pretty dope to be fair, but like, Terror Rap's fucking dope. I'd love to see Terror Rap. I didn't get to see him. I'm, I'm, I'm too young, man. <laughs> so th- things like that. Th- those are a couple off the dome that I think would be dope that are just bands I fucking like and would love to see. So I just thought of it now when we're on the topic of uh, Jim Core Magazine. What's your favorite cheat meal? God, see, so that just to, that's the thing. Like, that's kind of a loaded question because my guy is terrible. <laughs> Oh no! Like that's my problem. I, I like every meal is a cheat meal. I eat like shit, man. It's so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I eat a lot of protein, but I also eat a lot of carbs. Like, dude, like, I, I, uh, th- th- this may disappoint some listeners, but I was like vegan for almost three years. And I was like vegetarian for a year, and then the last in the last year, as from September to now, it's been about a year now. I started eating meat again, which I'm sorry. I, I know it breaks hearts, but you know, I, I was, I, I was coming back from a undisclosed location with Vane for something they were doing in, I think, Kentucky. And we saw a Raising Cane's and I just, I had to, I, I ate chicken, I ate fried chicken and I was back on, I was back on the horse. So <laughs> just one six, slip up. And yeah. <laughs> one slip up. And that, that was it. Game over, man. I'm, I'm full send. So since then I've been eating meat endlessly, but my, my regular, favorite cheat meal if you would because this is like this is still even extreme for me because most of the time i'm not trying to eat like this is right it's uh a, a local deli by me called seaport deli um it, it's literally like hometown fucking the hot spot everybody loves seaport everyone knows what's good with it it's just big deli sandwiches like um it's been on like food network and various television oh, no series way. like it, it, it's it's pretty big it's like a, a popular place around here not something I expect anyone who hasn't come from where I come from on Long Island to know about, but like it, it is like a, a famed Long Island deli spot. Um, and I'll go in there and I'll get like, there's a sandwich called the Gasm. So it'll be like chicken cutlet. The on Gasm? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's crazy. It, it's chicken cutlet on like a fried chicken cutlet on a long, uh, just trying to cover every base of like descriptor because this, this term varies. For me, it's a hero, but a long roll, a hoagie, a sub. Uh, it's chicken cutlet on that with bacon, uh, cheese, coleslaw, and Russian dressing. And, and it's, it's a garlic hero, too. So they, like, melt garlic and butter on the earth. It's like, it's like it's the most fucked up sandwich in the world. I'll also add barbecue to it just to add, like, my own little touch. And it, it, it's crazy. It's, like, unfucking believable By the time I finish it, I'm ready to go to bed. Like that, that is the quintessential cheat meal as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's, that's everything right there. That's it. Damn, that doesn't sound like they missed a single thing. Really. Probably, probably like 90 carbs, 2000 calories. <laughs> like it does not play. It's crazy. <laughs> Shit. Okay. All right. It's awesome. <laughs> well, that's uh, uh, a great answer. I'm glad I asked that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> I got to reveal my, uh, my, my, ethical shortcomings in my decline from a devoted vegan to a regular meat eater once again you know yeah, it happens it happens yeah that's life man. i'm not one to judge i'm not one to judge yeah, you gotta yeah. do you right exactly exactly and it that that goes both ways you know you just gotta do your thing life's absolutely. short man absolutely so is there any uh any last uh plugs causes shout outs anything you'd want to talk about at all floor is yours the mic's yours all that good stuff Good question. Um, off the top of my head, um, shout out to all my friends from Stony Brook. 
all my friends from Massachusetts, um, the bike chat, all, all my homies from Long Island who, who love riding bikes, and uh, the joke chat, you know who you are, you know what's good, we'd be making jokes. Uh, those, those are like essentially all the people I'd be chilling with in varying capacities at all times. Love and respect to all of them. Respect to Triple B Records for holding it down and, uh, you know, putting our record out. It means the world. Like, I, I can never stress my gratitude to Sam enough. He's the fucking man. Um, and at, I guess counting back to the what we just talked about, shout out to Seaport Deli. Shout out to Druthers Coffee. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Solomio. Shout out to Cabo Fresh. All the Stony Brook spots that feed me regularly. And, uh, and tear through my wallet like it, it means the world if they didn't offer the the delicious food that would make me want to spend money I, I'd be a, I'd probably be a homeowner at this point <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think that checks every box Just, and, and above all else like not not to drag this on I, I tend to prattle on but respect <laughs> to anyone who's checked out Koya because really the last uh, the last yes. two years since since or year and a half, whatever it was, since we dropped the first thing to now has been it, it it's fantasy, man. I'm I'm so grateful to everyone who listens. It 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 blew past any expectations I ever, ever, ever had for the band. And my life has changed radically because of this band and my plan for my life has changed radically. So much has shifted and moved around just in accordance with making this band work at age twenty five, which is like kind of funny. But like I'm grateful that the I'm grateful that the opportunity is there and so present because I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be doing any of the cool things I'm doing in the next however many years, if not for people's just genuine interest in listenership, it goes a long way. It means a lot. I, I thank you. Just endless. Thank yous. That's awesome, man. And thank you so much for coming today and yep. uh, speaking with us. It's a pleasure. Yo, thank you for having me. This is dope. I appreciate it so much. I had a great time. 